Hey everyone, my name is Iman Chaudhry. And my name is Danielle Solish, and today you're listening to the 11th episode of Seeing Clearly, a pre-clerkship guide to all things ophthalmology. On today's episode, we will be interviewing Dr. Garfield Miller. Dr. Miller is an ophthalmologist and assistant professor at the University of Ottawa Eye Institute. He has been practicing at the Ottawa Hospital since 2011. Dr. Miller obtained a bachelor's degree in science at McMaster University and later completed medical school and residency at the University of Toronto. During his five-year residency, he developed a passion for patients suffering from glaucoma and was accepted into the Glaucoma and Advanced Anterior Segment Surgery Fellowship at the University of Toronto, specializing in complex cataracts and microinvasive techniques. At the University of Ottawa Eye Institute, Dr. Miller is a full-time academic staff and assistant professor. He's involved in teaching and research. He specializes specifically in cataracts, interior segment repair, and complex glaucoma management. Dr. Miller also coordinates the glaucoma curriculum and has an interest in neuroprotection. So without further ado, we would love to introduce Dr. Miller. Thank you very much for the very kind introduction. This is my first podcast, so please go easy on me. <laughs> well, thank you for being with us today. Um, so I guess we'll just jump right into it. Um, and we ask most of our guests this question at the beginning of the episode, but do you mind just talking to us about what drew you to the field of ophthalmology? You know what? Um, it's interesting. It's uh, really, I feel almost like, um, you know, ophthalmology sort of called me in, you know, it's, it's a really... Uh, weird thing. Back when I was actually in high school, I um, was doing this program uh, during the summers at, uh, at the University of Toronto and, and uh, was just sort of hanging around there. And uh, this uh, actually was this program called um, the Summer Mentorship Program. This is way back. And I uh, had a chance to get a little bit of exposure to medicine through that and um, had a lot of fun with the people there. And after, uh, I think it was uh, after it finished, I decided, you know, I was just sitting around at home, you know, typical summer as a teen, teenager and, and said, you know, I might as well do some volunteer work. So I asked him, I said, is there any, um, anyone who needs some help just uh, doing some, volu- you know, some volunteer hours? Uh, and they connected me with the iBank, uh, iBank of Ontario over, uh, and it was at that time, it was at one Spadina Crescent in Toronto. And, um, and they needed help uh, just like cleaning up their storage room. And, and uh, you know, they were going to sort of an electronic system, so data entry and so on. So I was just doing, you know, just that type of stuff, like literally cleaning out boxes and, and stuff. And, but, you know, I worked hard with, at it. And, and eventually they, they were particularly short staff. So they got me answering phones. And then next thing you know, I was checking blood work. And next thing you know, I was calling donor families. And after that, I, I started processing eyes. So for those who don't know, at the eye bank, um, basically eyes that are donated from people who've passed away are sent to the eye bank and then they're processed. And then uh, corneas or donor sclera are uh, processed and sent uh, for surgery for uh, patients who need it. So um, yeah, so I, I became a technician there at the eye bank and they told me I was the youngest technician ever there, but mainly because they were just really short staffed and people needed their summer holidays. So that sort of became my, um, my summer job for, uh, for a few years. And uh, even after I started university, I went back and did some work there and did a little bit of research there. So that was, um, even then that wasn't really um, 
the plan to do ophthalmology. I wasn't even, you know, sure if I would be in medicine or anything at that point. But um, then later on, my my father, um, who was in public health for years, and that was his career, ended up um, doing uh, some work with uh, CBMI, which is uh, Christian Blind Mission International, which is the biggest NGO that does uh, vision work in the world. And uh, and he became the overseas manager. And then through him, I ended up meeting a bunch of ophthalmologists who do uh, a lot of overseas uh, work and was inspired by that. But even then, I wasn't convinced I was going to be doing ophthalmology. It's just another random occurrence. And then uh, finally, a, a friend of mine who was a, a year or two ahead of me who lived in the same residence that I did when uh, I was at U of T doing medical school. He was really interested in ophthalmology and he kept telling me that I need to try this out. I need to get into it. And then uh, finally I did an elective and then uh, that was, um, that's the, that sort of cinched it once I finally actually got in and got my hands dirty. So yeah, it was, it was sort of a bunch of occurrences going back from high school that uh, all, they all drew me in. No, that, that's awesome. Like, Cause I find that a lot of our guests kind of didn't find it until clerkship of their electives and then they randomly stumble upon it, but it feels like it kind of came to you and especially getting the exposure at such a young age, that's incredible. Um, so thank you for sharing that with us. And so now just switching gears in terms of kind of what you do right now, could you talk a little bit about what it's like in the life of a glaucoma specialist? You know, um, as a glaucoma specialist, you are, you know, actually just to go back a bit, the issue with glaucoma is that it's a chronic disease. It's, um, you know, I, I often, when I'm first seeing patients, I I sort of give them the breakdown. I talk a little bit about anatomy. I give them a couple analogies and so on. And the deal is, is that the optic nerve, it's, it's part of the central nervous system. You know, a lot of times people think central nervous system, brain, spinal cord, but they forget that the optic nerve is actually part of the central nervous system. That means that the tissue you have in your optic nerve, whatever you're born with, that's all you got for life. And the problem is, is that with glaucoma, you burn through your reserve and then any bit that you lose after that, you start losing visual function and you will never improve it. And so that's a, that's a hard thing. So glaucoma, uh, it becomes a, a field and a specialty where sometimes you can feel like you're never winning. You know, uh, it's sort of like, uh, in a way, you know, you're, you're, you're just trying to maintain, get, keep things stable or slow down the loss. So with um, as much as there's a lot of development and cool surgeries and glaucomas become something that's really flashy and so on, there is that reality that it's, um, it's really important to really deal with patients on a very personal level, help them understand their disease, help them to really take ownership of, uh, of their disease process and, and recognize that it's, it's a lifelong uh, so, um, deals, there's no quick fixes, uh, and, and really separate it from the idea that a lot of people have regarding cataract surgery and those sort of things and say, you know, this is, this is something totally different. And even though we have surgery for it, the surgery is just to control. This isn't to fix anything. So when you talk about, you know, a day in the life of a glaucoma specialist or glaucoma surgeon, and, and once you're doing, you know, every ophthalmologist has to deal with glaucoma because it's just so unbelievably common. So when you're a glaucoma subspecialist, you're dealing with the worst of the worst cases, which means a lot of people who are blind, going blind or uh, partially blind. And um, so I find that you have to really enjoy and appreciate um, being able to walk with people through um, 
hardship and understanding and uh, being able to um, have tough conversations and, and recognizing that um, a lot of the, um, a lot of what you get out of it is, is knowing that you have helped to preserve someone's vision. You know, I was joking around with someone that, uh, you know, uh, I don't get a lot of Christmas gifts, you know, from my patients in the sense that, you know, they're, uh, if I'm doing cataracts, yeah, they'll, they'll give me a Christmas gift because I, I, I gave them their vision back. But for a glaucoma patient, I've just done the most intricate surgery. Uh, I'm proud of myself. I've, I've, I'm like, man, we just saved this person's vision. And they're like, uh, doctor, my vision's not better, you know? And so it, it's a totally different frame of mind, but it's at the end of the day, it comes down to where do you get your joy? Where do you get your satisfaction from? And I think, um, you know, as even though there's lots of cool surgeries, so I'll, I'll, I'll do, you know, a lot of micro invasive or uh, surgeries for patients. I'll do special lasers, which are a lot of fun to do. You, you know, you're combining complex cataracts with glaucoma procedures and trabeculectomies and tubes and weird things like that. And then you have your clinic, you have your minor procedures, lots of varied things and so on. But intermixing all of that is really that journey with the patient. And, and, and I think that takes up a lot of uh, your energy and your time. And, um, and it's just a matter of um, having the right appreciation for, uh, for that and being able to uh, take joy and satisfaction out of knowing that you have helped people along uh, through that process, even if it's a process where there isn't really a quote unquote happy ending from the standpoint of um, you know, giving someone their vision back, but knowing that you've helped them through to at least understand and appreciate um, uh, what's going on so that they can, um, they, they, they can sort of deal with it better. Well, thank you for sharing all of that. Um, I mean, like you said, whether or not, I guess, the patient knows how much you've helped or, or not, I mean, it's amazing to see how you kind of push through, whether it's positive or negative feedback from, from the patients, knowing that you've done the most that you can do. So it's really incredible to, uh, to hear that. Um, so uh, many subspecialties of ophthalmology, I guess there's a lot of work to be done internationally. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Dr. Miller has uh, had some opportunities to teach nationally as well as internationally. So do you mind talking about uh, some of those opportunities that you've had being a glaucoma specialist or just an ophthalmologist in general? Uh, you know, I, I am so grateful for, I've had a lot of opportunities from the standpoint of great mentors uh, in the past. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I always uh, think about that because I've, I've done a lot of mentoring uh, in the past for uh, people from, it's just been something I've done since, um, you know, being probably in grade school, just mentoring um, other people, but I've also been mentored a lot. And, um, you know, I think about my fellowship, which was just incredible. And it was with um, Ike Ahmed. He's um, just an incredible person and, and surgeon uh, in Toronto and an international uh, superstar when it comes to uh, glaucoma and advanced cataract uh, procedures and so on. And I had, um, doing a fellowship there, uh, he would really make the effort to get us going from the standpoint of opportunities with teaching, with uh, training, and being able to transfer the experiences that we had uh, to other people. So from the time of even when I was doing my training uh, during fellowship, I don't know how many meetings uh, all over the US, uh, Canada and Mexico, uh, 
did uh, went and helped to train in uh, from the standpoint of labs and so on at these various meetings and just continued with that afterwards. So it's uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, you know, uh, being, you know, done training in various um, uh, conferences and so on in the US, uh, just with uh, various uh, wet labs and so on teaching some uh, microinvasive techniques, uh, such as eye stent and, um, you know, endocyclophotocoagulation and, and uh, various things like that. And then, um, and then I've done uh, some of the same things uh, here in Canada. Um, one of the uh, amazing opportunity that I had was actually as a, as a resident in my last year of residency, I um, had the opportunity to go to Swaziland and that was uh, incredible and, and had a chance to work with uh, Dr. Jonathan Pons, who's a, um, at that time, he was the only ophthalmologist in, in Swaziland and he would go all over the country and he had a, his own little uh, private plane and he was a pilot as well. And he'd fly places and go and give care and do all sorts of amazing things. And he'd have people come every once in a while and he would uh, train and, and teach people uh, a lot of his techniques because he, he had a very unique practice where he did a lot of small incision um, uh, cataract surgery and uh, and then um, he would also because in Swaziland they have a very high rate of HIV and tuberculosis he would also see um, a ton of uh, pathology that we just don't see regularly uh, other places so for me it was great I learned a ton there but also um, had an opportunity to talk to him uh, about a lot of the uh, procedures and so on that we were doing um, here in Canada and, and that I was learning here uh, in residency well, where, when I was in Toronto. And so there was a lot of shared ideas and shared techniques and we were sort of going back and forth and it was really just a unique and amazing opportunity to see the culture, to see uh, the completely different pathology, different working conditions, learning how to be resourceful, uh, learning uh, a new uh, way of doing cataract surgery. And it was just a yeah, phenomenal experience. So I've uh, certainly had, uh, my fair share of um, uh, great experiences and, and um, both nationally, internationally and so on. And, and hopefully I'll be able to do a lot more. That's incredible. It's also just incredible to see that there's such like a big community within ophthalmology that, and we've heard this from so many of our guests on the podcast that there's always someone willing to teach them something new and there's always so much to learn. And wherever you are, there are so many different pathologies that you are going to see. So getting those opportunities, even working within a different center, you learn so much. So that's great. Thank you for sharing. And I guess that brings us to our last kind of academic ophthalmology focused question, which is if, if you could share any advice for our student learners, our student listeners, like what would that be, especially those who are interested in pursuing ophthalmology? You know, I think, um, you know, and you probably hear this from a lot of people, it's, it's a small a very small community, you know, it's, it's small community. It's, um, you know, the ophthalmology department within hospitals is always tiny, you know? Um, and so I think it's just important to be a good person, you know, uh, to be someone who, um, you know, is, is going to get things done without someone looking over your shoulder. You know, you, you have to be motivated. You have to care for people, you know, uh, that you'll, um, I know it's being said and I know they've done, surveys and stuff of this and that people when it comes to uh people and what they're most fearful of losing from the standpoint of you know a limb or something with their health and so on other than their mental faculties you know it's basically their vision that uh people care about are most fearful of losing so 
it's it's really a specialty where you you really do have to care and appreciate the um just how precious um you know uh vision is so mm -hmm. i i would say that you know uh for it's important for people to maintain that um uh, that focus that humanity and also for people to um to be to maintain that drive and that uh, there has to be that inner desire. It's not even something that can really be taught. I would say mm -hmm. there has to be, um, you know, that that inner desire to be just be a good person, be someone who gets things done without having to be asked, and then also be someone who uh, who really cares. You have to have people who care, you know. And and so I think that when you know, in general, you know, here you'll hear people say that ophthalmologists are usually just good people. You know, they're 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 really nice people, and and so on. And and I think the specialty uh, really selects for that, um, because yes, you got to have a little bit of OCD, and you got to be a little bit, uh, you know, they're, you know, a lot of my colleagues over there are pretty they're pretty smart people and everything. But um, you know what? They're they're also really nice. You know, they're, they're good people. Like we hang out. Like I have a lot of you know friends here, and we we hang out and do. Do things together and so on, and and they're they're good people. So I think that um, those are sort of things that uh, that that we look out for, you know. And 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 I think it's it's great when um, you know it's it's a nice um, community to be a part of. Uh, I'll put it that way. So you know, it's um, I think that it um, it and it draws those type of people in. It's so nice to hear you say that, and I feel like we get similar answers from a lot of our guests that. You know, the ophthalmology community is just made up of a lot of really kind, nice individuals. But I think I really enjoyed how you said that it's um, so important to appreciate how important someone's vision is uh, to themselves. Because if you think about that and you think about how important what you're treating is uh, in terms of your patient, it kind of guides how you'll interact with them and how you'll act. Um, and so I think that that's, that's really great and really valuable from a student perspective to always think back to the basics and think back to what's most important and what's most important is is knowing what's important to your patient so so thank you for that um and so with that i guess um that's the end of our ophthalmology related questions um and we'll transition into a more fun part of our episode which is the would you rather uh, segment um so i'll just get started with the first question here which is would you rather eat all of your food cold or all of your food hot oh my goodness uh, hot food without a doubt <laughs> I, I, you know my my uh you know my family is uh from jamaica and you know it is uh yeah the, the, the hot meal is uh is critical and you know i remember when i was little you know my parents would try to send a you know, a cold sandwich to school with me, it'd always come back. I needed something <laughs> hot in the thermos. I didn't care what it was. It could be from dinner from yesterday, hot food, without a doubt. No, I, I feel like I would probably do the same thing. There's an occasional day where I'm okay with like a cold slice of pizza, but a hot meal is, is very different. And then yeah. our last would you rather question is, would you rather get one free round international plane ticket or be able to fly domestic anytime for free? international yes definitely yeah you know i i think that um you know uh for me it's it's more i think it's more about the time i wish i had more time to do international travel i i love people i i really do i i just love interacting with people i love uh relationships i love um i love uh humanity you know i did uh 
I was in the biopsych program at McMaster and I just love um, human interactions. I love uh, the way people think. I love uh, just, I love seeing um, the differences in people, but I, what I love more is seeing how similar we are, no matter, you know, what race, um, you know, religion, if it's gender, if it's anything, you know, it, it's just uh, people are people. And uh, there, there's something uh, amazing about that. So I, I just love, um, you know, interacting with people who are, um, who are, who at first seem very different from me and then just appreciating uh, the similarities. And so I would love to do a lot more international travel. So get me that plane ticket. That, that's, that's, that, that's me for sure, 100%. I think with that answer, most people would pick uh, international, the international plane ticket. Um, but uh, with that, I just want to say thank you uh, for, for being a part of this episode. Um, we both really enjoyed chatting with you today and really appreciate all of the honesty and, um, and advice that you've provided to us as well as our listeners. Um, and so to our listeners, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Seeing Clearly, uh, which is our pre-clerkship guide to all things ophthalmology. To stay caught up with everything else iCurriculum is doing, be sure to check out our website at www.icurriculum.com and to follow us on Instagram at iCurriculum. Thank you again, Dr. Miller, for, for being with us today. Um, and hope everyone enjoyed the episode. Thank you. Bye.